Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I am glad to have you here with me today. I am recording with someone. Well, I'll let you know that I'm recording with a jackhammer going on outside of my house today. And so that's going to be fun. We're going to see how that goes. And <laughs> I, so I apologize in, in, in advance if y'all get to hear any of that banging going on. And if there's any banging on the other side, you know, we sound happens. Y'all will deal with it. Uh, because I feel like today's guest is his story is worth you dealing with a jackhammer to hear. Uh, my guest today is is John Oaks, and John, you're you're gonna find out why later. He's known as the Mighty Oak, but we'll we'll get we'll get into that down the line. But first, I just want to say, John, how you doing today? Oh, I'm great, man. And actually, we were we were talking about a pre combo, but I'm actually recording at my church because my internet connection is that of an Amish person, um, virtually non-existent, and so our heating system. Uh, because it's some hydro floor base stuff, um, it actually goes off sounding like a jackhammer too. So you might get it from both sides. Um, see, there, see that, that that'll be the gift that keeps on giving to people today, man. Yes, I, yeah. I think they'll, they'll they'll be fine. They're they're all yeah. they're all fine. They're all probably like out there walking, having lunch, whatever they're doing when they listen. So they'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. So we're we're gonna dive right into it, man. John, I want to ask you the first question that I ask every dude on the show. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Well, I am a recovering fat guy, meaning I topped the tip the scales about six hundred pounds. The caveat being is I was six foot ten. So if you knock me down to like a six foot two, six foot four type person, I probably would have tipped the scales about eight hundred pounds. Um, but, um, you know, I've, I've been doing the keto diet for almost two years now. It'll be two years in August and I am down about 150 pounds. And you're talking to someone too, that's had the, a sleeve gastrectomy, gained back most of his weight and is finally, um, to the point where I'm living the lifestyle that I should have lived after having weight loss surgery. And, and that's there, there's a lot of detail there, John. I, I want to get us back into it. Like, tell us how you ended up, you know, at at 600 pounds in the first place. So, I was always a kid that was always a lot heavier than um, the the average kid, especially in school. Um, I was always tall. I was in the teenage years is where I just ate and ate and ate and grew and grew and grew. Um, in fact, I don't know if I mentioned this, I'm six foot 10. So when, when I was in high school, I was a lot taller than most of my classmates. Um, and it just got to the point where um, having, and I'll be the first to admit, I have bipolar disorder. So when I went on some psychotropics, um, uh, went on an antidepressant in, um, in my 20s, that's where my weight began the sky began to skyrocket and i um just gained so much weight that i had to no matter how much yo-yo dieting i did it just continued to you know balloon back up and there was one there was one time where i lost about 75 pounds and i gained back probably about 40 50 of it within a month and a half two months just because when you when you're on medication and i was on depakote at the time you just have a continuous appetite and that just develops into bad habits um you know i was 
I was crushing Dunkin' Donuts every morning, eating a breakfast sandwich with two donuts with my coffee. And I was just like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just hungry in the morning, not knowing that, you know, carbs are evil. <laughs> oh yeah. And knowing that you're 6'10", man, like, is the rest of your family really tall? Were you the, were you the standout? Like, wh- how, how do the size issues affect those people? Yeah, so my dad was 6'4", my mom was 5'7", my uh, little sister um, is six foot. So there's definitely some tall genes in my family. And, and in fact, most of the family on my mom's side, for some reason, is really tall. Like my grandfather was really tall, my uncle was really tall, um, and most of my dad's family. So it's, 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 it's definitely in the blood. And were you the only one that really struggled with weight issues or was that also something that was, was a part of, of your family life? There, there's always been diabetes. There's always been weight issues on my dad's side. Um, not necessarily my dad, but my sister had it. Um, you know, it was, there's my, my dad's family is just rampant with like diabetes, heart problems, and and that's kind of where the wake up call began when I when I about a year and a half ago, um, I just I finally said enough. I gotta I gotta make changes, and you know that's where my doctor told me to go on keto, and you know from there I've just I've just blossomed into the mighty oak. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure, man. And I don't I I want to talk about keto, but I don't want to jump yeah. ahead. Because yep. it was was it 2011 that you made the decision to have the sleeve surgery? Like, what what brought you to that decision? So, in 2011, I was over 600 pounds, and so my wife and I, both being heavier, decided to ha- both have weight loss surgery. I had we we had our weight loss surgery three weeks apart. Um, and yeah, it was, it was the first actual surgery that our doctor did, who is, you know, he's, he's renowned for doing weight loss surgery. In fact, the clinic in Buffalo where I had it is, you know, just really good. It's, it's, it's not like the, the ones you see on TV, but they definitely, you know, are, are known for what they do. Um, the, so with that, I, the day of my surgery, they wanted me to lose 50 pounds before my surgery. So I would, I was the day of my surgery, I weighed in at 550. And the lowest I got when I had my weight loss surgery was 403. After 40, after I say I was stuck, I could not get below 400 and not having the mindset. And one of the things that I'm, I'm passionate about and I, you know, try to, you know, when I see people struggling with weight loss, especially after weight loss surgery, is there comes a point where your body stops losing weight so rapidly and you, and you can veer into bad habits very easily. And that's, you know, that's kind of like where, where I was, I could not get below no matter how much I worked out, no matter how hard I like stuck to the diet. And then from that point, you kind of let, oh, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm mad today. I'm not losing any weight. I'm going to go to Dunkin' or I'm going to go eat fast food or I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to revert back to the habits that got you to be 600 pounds. And so is, is that what you say? Like 
falling back into those habits that you you put weight back on where where did that end up leading you back to man so i from from 2011 up until like 2018 i would gain weight diet lose 30 40 pounds really quickly and then basically gain weight again and it, it was just a cycle of of just dieting. My, my doctor tried everything with me. She tried this injectable that like limits your appetite. She's tried, I mean, she tried medications to limit the appetite. And actually funny story about my weight loss surgery. I was actually told by my surgeon after my surgery that I was the largest stomach he ever, he ever like stapled because I had the sleeve gastrectomy. He said, your stomach was something that would be I forgot exactly how he, how he said it, but he said that I had, I was the largest stomach and I was, I was a big, legit big person. Like there's a picture of me online standing next to Kenny Chesney when I, who's five foot seven granted, um, who, when I was at the time, it was August in 2010 was, I was over 600 pounds and you couldn't really tell because I, because I'm so tall, I wear my weight differently, but you could legit tell I was a giant man. <laughs> so. I have a couple of questions kind of that, that come out of that. Like first, like, cause everyone, I think most people's perceptions of 600 pounds right now is really shaded by TLC's my 600 pound life. And you know, like that is, and most of the people on that show are bedridden or dealing with those issues. Like what was your life physically like when you were that big? Physically? I had such a problem with turning my ankles um, that it was, I couldn't do anything physical without my ankles being constantly swollen. You know, I, I basically, I had basically no business doing anything physical because I just wasn't in shape. Like walking upstairs, you would have thought I was like running a marathon. Like, it's funny what I do physically now. I, I, I was telling my dietitian this morning that basically I could, you know, back when I was like really heavy, I wouldn't, or even a couple years ago when I had my weight loss surgery, doing what I do physically now, I, there's no way I would have like healed over, you know? <laughs> And how, cause, cause so then to, to, to dive into what it's like after the surgery a little bit, like knowing that you, you kind of hit that point where the bad habits started coming back in and you, you, you know, found, had that frustration at trying to get below 400. Was your eating still, you know, restricted by what the surgery did? Did you, I, I you hear people use the phrases, you know, out eat the surgery. Like how did that affect your relationship with food after the surgery, like when you were, you had stopped losing weight. So eventually, especially with people who have sleeves, your restriction subsides. And I was even told by the doctor that it would be about two years before my stomach would return to a normal size stomach, you know? And, and so like now, I, I mean, back in the day, like I could eat easily, you know, my, my wife can, barely five ounces of protein. I could probably eat eight to 10 ounces back in, you know, back in the day of, of protein and, and be fine. 
but then I'd be hungry again because there's something there's something to be said about the minds having the proper mindset. It's it's one thing about the the weight loss surgery industry today where they just send you to a clinic and basically talk to you about psychiatrically what's going to happen, but people don't have the mindset. And like there was there was a lot of like things that I was I was dealing with, you know, that was a problem with, you know, my, my trauma history. Like I have an extensive trauma history. I've lost both my parents within six months of each other. And that, and back in 2003 and 2004, that's probably, I'm not saying it's, you know, that's the reason why I gained weight. I made the personal choice to eat all the garbage that I did, but there's underlying factors. For sure. I think that's something that, you know, I've got a, I've got a friend that talks about that, like a lot, like that there's for, for most of like, if you, if you're 30 pounds overweight, 40 pounds overweight, you know, it could just be, you have a food issue or don't know nutrition or something along those lines. But if you're getting hundreds of pounds overweight, there's something, you know, that that's affecting you that goes just beyond the physical, you know, that's happening with your body and whether, and it sounds like for you, there were in a lot of ways, there was the perfect storm, you know, of the trauma issues and the medication and, and dealing with all of those things kind of brought you to the place that you were at. Like it, it's, it's almost like you were, you know, no matter, even without the bad habits, you would have been fighting against a lot of factors. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and not saying that like people who have weight loss surgery can't be successful, but there needs to be more. It's not a one-time fix. And I was, I was so sure that this was going to, return me back to how I was in my teen years where I was skinny and just, it just, it wasn't the end all be all. And in fact, I remember my wife telling me it's not going to fix it. You know, it's not going to fix what's going on, you know? And, and for the most part, she was right. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not the perfect fix, but I would have been, my stepbrother died when he was 38 years old because he was extremely obese. I would have probably died before I was 40 if I didn't have that surgery. Right. Like you, you know, you, you took that opportunity because you needed to, and maybe you weren't in that, you know, it turns out you weren't in the place you needed to do to kind of get full control of your health at that point. So your journey continued, which I think happens to a lot of us, you know, I, you know, myself, and I've talked to a lot of guys that have those kind of fantastic weight loss experiences, whether it's through surgery or a different diet or something along those lines, and then find themselves almost back to where they were when they started. And for you, you know, we're now about two years ago, almost two years ago, your doctor recommended the keto diet to you. Like, what what were your thoughts when that first came up? So she finally, so what happened was at the time, I was on a, a medication that was just causing me to eat and eat and eat. Turns out it was a lot more than just the medication. Um, and I finally said to her, I'm like, look, you got to talk to my psychiatrist about taking me off. It was, the medication was Latuda at the time. And, and she's like, I can do that. But in the meantime, I want you to look into the keto diet. And she gave me this, um, this book called Keto Made Simple, or she told me to buy it. She's told me to read it you know, see if that's something I can do. And honestly, we, we joked about it. Um, 
pre-recording, but I I love to grill. Like grilling is one of my passions. You tell me all I can all I have to do is eat meat to lose weight and do it on there. <laughs> That's what makes it so successful or so easy for me is is it's just meat and like I'm I'm mainly I mainly lean towards carnivore more than keto, but you know, there are times that I dabble with like, you know, with carbs and like, but as long as I keep my net carbs around 35, I'm good. You know, I have tons of energy, like what I'm able to to do physically for a guy my size. I, I often joke when I post pictures of my workout that I'm a, you know, I'm a six foot 10 guy, um, you know, a baker's dozen above 400 you know, and I'm able to, you know, do substantial amounts of keto or substantial amounts of physical activity, you know, and, it, and it's because the keto diet is just so easy to maintain. Which is, was it something that, you know, you found it easy right away? Like, what was that transition like for you? Like to, to really kind of dive into it? The first, the first bout of keto flu was no joke. I mean, it, it knocked me on my butt for about two or three days, you know, until I figured out, okay. And and part of the struggle that I had was the mindset of, oh, well, you know, the calories in calories out, you know, if I eat too many calories, especially in the beginning stage of keto, where you do have, you know, you do have like bouts of hunger, at least I did. It was kind of like, do I, should I eat? you know, I'm, I'm hungry, but is this, is this okay? And then realizing that if your body's telling you you're hungry, you should eat, but you're not eating the the garbage that you used to eat. So that's okay. If that makes sense. I mean, well, I, I think like you said, like there's, there's a mindset side to it all, even when you find ways, you know, to physically do things to your body, whether it's the weight loss surgery or adapting a ketogenic lifestyle, like there's clearly physical benefits that come along with it, but you you can't separate that other part of yourself from it. And and you're you said now like you you said you're down. How much weight are you are you down now? You know through the use of of the ketogenic diet and your your workouts. I've been as low as 130, and I've actually gained some weight back. But again, this is. This goes back to back in, you know, 2011 when I had my weight loss surgery and I hit around 400 pounds and I got as low as 388 on keto, but then with as much weightlifting as I, as I do, I gain muscle. So of course, you know, you, and this is kind of like where I constantly fight the battle of, well, wait, I'm gaining weight but I'm not eating any differently what, what goes on. And it's kind of like fighting that mindset constantly of, you know, am I reverting back to old habits? Is my body just saying, Nope, I don't want to lose anymore. You know, and and it's a struggle, you know, it's kind of where I've kind of researched the issue of body dysmorphia because like, that is what I think happened back in, you know, 20, 2011 when I had my weight loss surgery is, I kind of stopped losing and then I was just like, well, why can't I lose anymore? And then I went back to old habits and it's kind of, the, it's kind of the same cycle now, except I've kind of put a kibosh on things as far as controlling what I eat. 
which I never would have done before. I would have just continued to, oh, well, I can, I can have this. This is fine. You know, and just continuing to control what, what you eat makes a world of difference. And that's the great thing about, you know, maintaining this lifestyle. And that's good to hear, man, that you're able to feel that you've got, you know, control over, over those habits and over those issues. Cause I think that's a really a powerful shift that a lot of us, you know, when we make that, it, it's a ter- almost like a turning point in these long journeys that we've been on. I mean, you and I are close to the same age. I'm a little bit older, but getting to that point that you actually feel empowered about food is a definitely different place to be than when you spent years almost feeling powerless to your hunger and to, to your appetites. I mean, I can probably, my biggest, my biggest crux back when I was 600 pounds was donuts. And I would like go to the drive-thru every morning, eat two donuts with my coffee. And I can count on one hand how many donuts I've had in the last year. And, you know, and honestly, it's a personal choice. Like I go to Disney a lot and of course you're surrounded by snacks. And that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the, the week that I allow myself to be human and not a, a you know, a mighty, <laughs> Just, I, I kind of allow myself a little grace that time because I'm on vacation. I'm in a high stress job where, you know, I'm a social worker and I'm, I'm just, you know, dealing with people's emotions constantly. And I'm just, you know, there's, it, it's a, the thing that I've learned with food is it's used to supply our body, not feed our emotions. And if anybody can get anything out of that, it's, you know what? Eventually you find your, even no matter what diet you're on, if you can find a space where you're not relying on food to make you happy, then you're golden. Definitely. I I think it's, I've heard it described, you know, it was first put out to me as, you know, food is fuel that can be enjoyed. Like it, so it doesn't have to be just the, the enjoyment, you know, for the sake of enjoyment is the food or, you know, the panacea for whatever emotions you're facing that day and you don't have to go so far in the other direction that all you do is think about you know what is this exactly doing for my body and i can move on and i never have those moments like you're talking about you know going on vacation or making those choices like trying to build a relationship with food that allows you to have a little bit of that flexibility but not allow the bad habits to become something you know that take over again and john what i'm curious about like just for people to know because i I think the especially, you know, you and I exist in that keto sphere and, you know, we're in the keto man's club, you know, so shout out to the keto man's club, Facebook group and podcast and all those guys. I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit more, but we all see that, that everyone, it's almost like, cause I think I run into this when people email me or DM me and they say, so how do I do keto? And I'm like, well, that's a loaded question. You know, there's a lot of ways to do keto. (laughs) You know, there's a, I think we all, I think it's best to find your own way through you know, what works best for you. And so you talked about, you know, keeping your net carbs as long as they don't go over 35, that works for you. Do you track your protein and fat? Do you not do that? Like what is, what does your eating really look like? So I, I was to the point where I got to be too meticulous. In fact, I'm very data driven. (laughs) And 
in the last week I made the switch between tracking apps. I don't know if you want me to mention I went from carb manager to, yeah, I went from carb manager to uh, chronometer just because I needed more, you know, with the amount of energy that I expel, I'm trying to make sure, and this is to appease the calories in calories out people that I'm getting enough energy, you know, because that's, that's the struggle. If anything that I deal with is, okay, am I eating too much? Am I eating too little? You know, I, we're, we're good friends with Alberto from the keto man's club. He always tells me, feed the, feed the machine, feed the mighty Oak. You know, there's, there's, there's days where I battle daily with the weight loss surgery mindset. Well, am I eating too much? Is this, you know, is this detrimental? When I said it before, if you're hungry, eat, you know, and that's, that's where a lot of the, the mindset comes where eventually you have a mindset change. There was a, a space in time where I didn't track as much and I say the same. My, my eventual goal, Garmi, is to get down to 350 where I want to look into the, the possibility of having skin removal surgery. It's not going to, I wanted it to happen before the end of the year. It's probably not going to happen because like the, the whole body, you know, moves at its own speed type thing is, is a giant struggle for, you know, and it's, I look at it this way. The, the output hasn't changed. I still, you know, can go to the gym whenever I want. Well, granted, I I can't uh, right now, but still. I have an elliptical at home. I have a rower at home. So if I really need to, like, you know, prove to myself that I'm never going to go back to being 600 pounds, you know, I can just prove it on the elliptical. Like the other day, just for just for the hell of it, I wanted to do to see how long I can go on my elliptical because I just got it, and I ended up going 43 minutes keeping my heart rate in the target heart rate range, which is really hard, especially, you know, with how I, I'm more of a, you know, just get on, prove, prove my point that I can get, you know, good and sweaty and not be really purposeful with my cardio. So I'm trying to, you know, be more purposeful with what I do in the gym or at home working out. Well, I'm impressed, man, because if I'm on an elliptical for five minutes, I look like a, a bowl of wet spaghetti flailing around in the wind. <laughs> and I actually, the, the very first time I attempted the elliptical, uh, I fell off. Uh, like it literally threw me off. Like I'm, I'm that coordinated. So I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here clapping for you for that, man. I think that's awesome. And I, I, we're, I, I like, you know, let's, let's talk about physical activity because that's where, you know, obviously, we, we can start talking about the mighty Oak, but like you're, that's something that's really become a priority in your life. And, and how did that begin for you? Like, how did you discover that? Because like, obviously you talked about life at 600 pounds and you weren't really that into physical activity or couldn't do it. Like, when did you start working out and how did that, what did that look like for you in the beginning and how did it evolve? So I started keto August 6th in 2018 and our, the town I live in in you know, which is in between Buffalo and Rochester, New York, the planet fitness opened up October 16th. And for some reason I wasn't feeling really good that day. And I ended up going to the gym that day and just 
to see how I was, uh, how I would do, there was a recumbent elliptical and normally I would crap out at like 20 minutes and I ended up going in 30 minutes and I got off and I'm like, holy crap, I want to do more, you know? And, uh, so I was just like, I ended up going 15, 20 minutes more and I texted my doctor. I'm like, I got my heart rate really up there. Is that okay? <laughs> Cause it was just something that wasn't, you know, normal that, you know, for me to, to, you know, to do. And she's like, there's no harm in, in getting your heart rate up. <laughs> so I just kept going and, you know, going to the gym every day and it, it, it kind of morphed to going to the gym casually to waking up at four o'clock in the morning and going and pounding out workouts. And, you know, I, I basically did a lot of cardio in the early stages of keto. And then finally I met up with, you know, I became really good friends with Alberto and, and all a couple of the guys at the keto man's club. And then that's when I started lifting weights, you know? So in fact, it morphed into me going actually down to uh, Austin to see Chris um, and Alberto from the keto man's club and just, you know, having a weightlifting session and, and just like, experiencing like new, you know, weightlifting workouts. Cause like I used to go and just do the circuit training machines, but actually to do free weights and to do, you know, bench presses and hell even doing, you know, deadlifts was just new to me. And it just opened up a whole different world of physicality that cardio really can't bring you, you know, there's, there's something to be said about just, how you feel after a good, you know, lifting session. Oh yeah. There's something really primal that, that happens that doesn't, doesn't come the same from doing, you know, a bike or a Stairmaster or a treadmill or, or even the elliptical. Like there's just something really different about that physicality that comes through. And what, how, how, so that that's really big. I I know now, obviously, because we're recording this as as the country is starting to slowly reopen. You know, we're in most states where it's called phase one, or if if they've gotten there yet, a lot of states haven't. Um, but you know, so we're still kind of under the auspices of most gyms are closed, and so obviously, I know right now, like you said, your your workouts are a little bit different. But what where are you like where? You can see that I'm very eloquent today. Like my my ability to <laughs> my ability my 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 ability to use words. I'm really good. Uh, but I guess I'm just wondering. Like, so how would you define? Like, so now are you mostly lifting with with some cardio in there? Is it is a fifty fifty mix for you? Like, what is what does that side of things look like? Like, why do you why do you think you're you're, you're you've got that reputation as the muddy oak in the man's club? <laughs> so rewinding back to. Um, I, in fact, we'll have to ask Alberto. I never really understood why he called me the, the mighty Oak to begin with. It kind of just stuck, you know, cause I think I just, there was a point where I was, I had so much energy abound that I was just doing, you know, going to the gym twice a day and, you know, doing like cardio in the morning and then, you know, lifting weights or vice versa. And, and honestly, it's really hard to explain. It's just one of those things where it's just like I go, you know, I and in fact, the, the kind of there's there's growth with everything. So kind of like where I'm at, you know, physically now is 
being more purposeful with my cardio and, and kind of giving myself that, you know, that range where it was so funny the other day when I did my long elliptical session, I would take my eyes off my heart rate monitor and my heart rate would go up. It was just, I was just kind of playing around seeing what, what, what changes things. And like, the the output wasn't changing i was just maintaining the same speed but i would like take my eyes off what i was doing and i would just like want to you know go you know and that's i i guess the one thing that i'm always i'm not trying to like push the envelope but i'm always trying to make myself stronger you know and you know, I was even told by my trainer at the gym that I should be doing strongman because <laughs> of my my build and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but going back to the whole COVID thing, like before before this, it, it's kind of funny how my physicality has morphed. I've I've gone from doing just strictly cardio to cardio and weights to just weight training, and then now just cardio and I'm looking forward to the day that my gym opens back up because then I'm going to like try to do both, you know, and just be more balanced because it's really funny. I don't really think, you know, physical activity has anything to do with, you know, it's just, it's just one of the, and again, I'm really talking really eloquently. Um, but it's one of those things where it's just like, I just, I just do with what I feel like there's really no rhyme or reason to it. You know, I, I, I think that make, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I think that evolution, you know, makes sense. Cause hearing about how you, even you're at it, you know, your approach towards eating, you know, evolves. Like I, I think seeing that, that parallel evolution in terms of your physical activity, it, mm-hmm. that just makes sense. Yeah. I, and, and no, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to. I'm cutting you <laughs> off again. We're we're cutting each other off. It's okay. You go ahead, man. No, I I just think that like I don't know. I've kind of just ran with the mighty oak. Pers- I don't want to say it's a persona. It's just it's just a lifestyle for me. It's just realizing my full potential. Like I was always told, you know, are always asked. In fact, I was asked several times today if I ever played basketball or football. And honestly, my joking answer is, nope, the only thing I dunked it when I was a kid was a donut, you know, <laughs> and it's cheesy, but I mean, it, that's the truth. Like, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I remember back in high school, like there was a bakery in town that had 18 cent apple fritters. I would buy three of them and eat them before school. You know, there, there was just, just with my childhood, there was really no no healthy habits that were, you know, that were shown to me. It was just basically, Oh, nope. I, I mean, my, my senior year of high school, I was basically, um, <laughs> given an apartment and saying, here you go. We'll check on you a couple of weeks and have you, you know, show that you can cook meals. Well, my meals consisted of pizza, pizza, and pizza. There wasn't really, there wasn't really any education as far as like teaching habits or anything like that like that well and i and to talk about the mighty oak for a second like i I think it's to anyone on the outside it's pretty obvious why 
because you're six foot ten. Yeah. You have oak oak in your name, which implies <laughs> oak tree, which is like yeah. a, usually a majestic strong tree. And you you lift weights pretty pretty yeah. regularly, intensely, and, and show us all how to get it done, man. Like I, I think it's it's a natural evolution. It's a natural thing. So yeah. you know, I think I think Alberto, if he's if he listens, you know, I have to pay him to get him to listen to the show. But I'll give <laughs> I'll 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 Venmo him five to get him to hear this one. You know, he is a a man. He's a a not complex man when it comes to a lot of things. You know, meat and weights and get up and go to work. Like he's you yeah. know he, he's a he's a straight shooter. And so I I could see him definitely being someone who would be like six foot ten, lifting hella weights, oak in the name. Mario, there we go. That adds <laughs> and up. he he was uh, the one that gave me that nickname, you mm-hmm. know. And it's so funny, oh, yeah. like, in the evolution of our friendship. And he's he's like one of my best friends. But the evolution of that friendship was, I would message him constantly asking him things, and what he just told me, just just call me. Here's my number. Call me to save like what would be fifty texts into a five minute conversation. And from there morphed, from there morphed a, a great friendship. And, you know, it, it's, it, and that's one of the things that I have now that I don't have, I didn't have back then. And that's brotherhood, accountability. And, and, and it's, it's a shame because like my wife, you know, her and I have kind of been on the same path with our weight loss, except I would, she would like lose weight and i would always like bring her down by bringing in crap into the house so it's kind of like now we're both on the same page and we've been together 20 years and we're probably the healthiest we've been you know you know maritally and you know physically that we've we've been and it's it's a blessing it's a huge blessing because i don't want to be a statistic in my family where i die in my 50s I refuse to go down that path. Well, I think you're definitely fighting your, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up to not be that statistic man and bringing up your wife and, and, you know, and, and things being better, you know, not just physically, but merrily for you. Like, I'm wondering like what, cause we talked about kind of how your eating has changed and how your physicality has changed, like, or your workouts have changed. Let's, let's use the right words. Like how you're working out has changed. What else has really changed in your life, man? Like, what are the big things that stand out for you now that that are different from when you were, you know, the 600-pound John versus, you know, John today? I think, and this is just as as a person in general, I'm more, more passion and focus-driven, especially with my work. I think, you know, being in the human service field, a lot of the times, you mail it in because you're, you know, you've been there so long, you've seen everything. Um, so like when I, and my pastor, who's like one of my best friends will tell me if you're into something, you go a hundred percent. And like, that's, that's how I have become with a lot of my life in general is I'm fully into fitness, food and my work. And I'm just one of those people that like, if if I'm not in it 100 percent, or if I'm not like, if if I'm not fully in, if I don't have all my cards on the or chips on the table, I, you know, I'm I'm not gonna like last, and and that's kind of the the kind of the evolution that's 
I've been through the last couple of years is, you know, I'm not going to put myself, you know, through the ringer for something that I don't care about. And I care about, you know, people I care about. I work in mental health. You know, I care about bringing people up and that, you know, keeping them, you know, stagnant. If anything, I have, I'll give an example. I have a client now who just basically games all day. And he, you know, I kind of showed him a picture of my metamorphosis and how I've kind of, you know, been able to lose weight. And his excuse was, well, I have diabetes and being on a low carb diet is, is expensive. I'm like, not really. And, you know, I, I gave him an example of what I eat and he's like, Oh, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll do a goal and we'll try it, you know? And so it's being passionate about what you, what you do. Oh, and I think it's great that you can communicate that passion, you know, is one of the things that, you know, that I think, cause I, I think there are different people that, that find success on these journeys, but when you're able to share it with other people, I think it reinforces, you know, for yourself, even the success that you've had and, and gives you more drive, you know, to keep that success solid. Like, well, I pull, I pull you as an, I pull you as an inspiration because you just want every chance you get, you know, transformation Tuesday, you know, that picture of you, you know, being, you know, as heavy as you were. So like, honestly, that's where, you know, I've kind of embraced the mighty Oak thing and, you know, just, I haven't done a lot of transformation photos cause I just don't feel like I'm where I, where I can show where I've, you know, where I've grown, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's just like, you know, I, I aspire for other people. Like one of the things I did in, you know, the early phases of being on Twitter was I would search the hashtag keto and I would seek out people who were beginning the lifestyle and, they would talk about how the keto flu, you know, sucks. And I would just basically <laughs> reply back salt, salt, and more salt, you know, just to, just to kind of help people through because you're not really going to change anything if you can't make it through the, you know, once you get past that first week, man, that's where the transformation and the energy happens. Like the amount of energy, like how I was just, there's like a certain pace I run when I know I'm where I'm doing good. There's like a certain a speed I walk to, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just a feeling, you know, and people like always talk about how when they pee on a strip, they don't see, you know, that they're in ketosis. Well, you're literally pissing away money. And that's one of my other favorite things to point out to people is you're literally pissing away money by peeing on strips. When I first started keto, I would probably test three or four times a day, just, to see if I, and then finally I, you know, I posted something in the man's club and they were like, Oh yeah, you're pissing away money. And then I would actually see that I was, cause I was like a month in and I had a couple strips left and I wasn't showing anything. And then I actually did research and you, you literally are pissing away money. Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause you talked about liking data. I love, I like seeing data a lot myself. Like, so I'll, I'll test intermittently with, with a blood meter, but for me, I'm never chasing a number. I'm never, you know, what can I do to get my number higher? And I get messages from people like that a lot. Like, how can I get my strips more purple? How can I get my ketone, you know, my breath meter higher? How can I get my blood meter higher? And my response is always, do you feel 
energy? Do you have good energy? Do you have good mental focus? And are you getting the weight loss that you want to see? Well, yeah, but my keto reading is low. And I'm always like, well, who cares? You know, at the end of the day, like you're, especially because a, a ketone reading is a snapshot of that individual moment biochemically that you took that reading. Like it's not really speaking necessarily to an overall pattern unless you, you've got like a continuous monitor going or something along those lines. Like you're, you're looking at a snapshot and it can be helpful and it can help some people. But I think sometimes people get too tied into that and they worry more about getting back into ketosis faster. And instead of worrying about the fact that they went off the keto diet and have to like get their body back in, you know, like to get their get their plan back in shape, like stop mm, worrying about funny, some of that. Go yeah, ahead. funny story. When I when I started keto, I would literally buy any like keto strips, keto, keto mojo, you know, ketonics. I would buy anything to prove that I was in ketosis when I knew energy wise you're there. So I have a ketonics, I have a ketonics um, breath meter and I test occasionally because I want to see like after I have a steak, how much that moves the meter just to just, you know, just to see. And, but really it doesn't matter. It's, can I go in the morning and wake up and, you know, pound out, you know, pound out some weights and, and do some cardio? Yeah, I can, you know, and it's kind of like now with this COVID stuff going on, it's, it's actually forcing myself to go out to my breezeway and to work when, you know, it's kind of like everyone's fighting that couch mentality, you know, and, and this is the worst thing that, you know, physically us as Americans need because we're fat as a nation. We're very unfit and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like, let's look at, you know, I don't want us I don't want us both to get attacked too much. But, you know, one of the big co comorbidities for, you know, really serious effects from the virus is obesity and, and problems caused by obesity. And we're a nation racked with an obesity problem. And, and instead honestly, of, like, no, uh, basically with what I was going to say is with that, like, you know, I I can get sick but it doesn't last as long as, as it used to. Like I, if I get sick and I was sick earlier this year, I, I was knocked down for about three or four days when before it would have been a week to 10 days. So like, you know, sickness happens and I get that, but at the same time, you know, America really needs a swift kick in the ass as far as like lifestyle changes. And like, you know, and uh, you see a lot of memes about people talking about the keto diet. Well, you know, if people really experience what what I've experienced, what you've experienced, and I and I know we're probably both going to get attacked on this, but you know what? If, if people actually experience what it's like when your feet, your body is actually feeding off ketones, it's amazing. You know, and it's it's just like it's one of those things where. And it's a shame this happens, but there's companies that like market like all the keto garbage, like, like you know, exogenous ketones. You don't need that stuff. You know, there's speed keto and you you don't need that stuff. You just need meat. You need, just need fat and a little bit of carbs and some protein. And you're good. <laughs> and that's and that's what it is like. 
meat, fat, and protein, you know, and, and whatever other little things you want to include gets you like 90, 98% of the way there. And if, and if you want to experiment with nutrient density and, and, and exogenous ketones and all of those things to get yourself a half a percentage of a benefit, you know, or a 1% benefit, go wild. But don't lose sight of, of the other 99% of the work you need to do in order to make any of those things even be effective. Like, I, I think that's, I think it's it, because I think as a culture, we want pills, you know, we want a pill that will take care of everything. Uh, you know, it's like you, you talk about diabetes, like, you know, I have several friends with type two diabetes who talk about, well, you know, now I'm taking, I take X, Y, and Z and I take this and that's going to cure my disease. And I'm like, none of those medicines do anything to cure your disease. They slow the progression of your disease. It's a progressive disease. You want to cure that disease? You need to change what you're putting in your mouth, you know, and that's a discussion that a lot of people don't want to have because one, we, we, you and I know what it's like to try to change those habits and change those food issues you have and, and even just step outside of the norm. I mean, I was talking with a friend the other day about, you know, him attempting him doing keto and, you know, he was, he was bringing up, you know, how his family and people he works with and friends react, you know, when he, they see him eating what he's eating. And I said, you you have a right to to take control of what you're eating and because you're invested in it you've done more work at you know unlearning the popular messages about everything but look at society in general like the messages that are put out there about food it's you know eat according to the food pyramid to be healthy but then also here's the new extreme cereal that has 14 kinds of mar 14 kinds of marshmallows in it and comes comes with a packet of peanut butter sauce to pour on top of it when you once you add the milk like it's, you know, it's insane that we can have, you know, 500 kinds of Oreos. And if someone, you know, buys one package of all of them, it's like there's a, a round of applause at the store for them unlocking some kind of achievement. But if, if I order just a steak at dinner with my family, you get a side eye and, you know, it's like, wait, why are you doing that? Like, you're going to kill yourself. Like I literally said to someone the other day, like I, you know, I used to sit in front of you and eat a large pizza and drink a full two liter, two liter a bottle of regular Coke and no one batted an eye. I'm like, but now if I eat a bunless cheeseburger or I have a, you know, a salad with, with a steak on top of it and I don't have the potato, I'm the weirdo. Like our perceptions, you know, really come into play when it comes to a lot of those things. And I think you're right. Like culturally we, we've created a, a, I think the phrase would be like an obesogenic society. So now we've got this shutdown where instead of, you know, we're, we're isolated, we're social distancing and isolating and all those things for health reasons, like, you know, to prevent the spread of disease. But we're also, in some ways, encouraging people to, to perpetuate habits that are going to increase the, the potential danger if they contract the disease. Like, and that's, that's, and I think I've already said this, like in five different interviews I've done with people you know, during this time, like what scares me the most is like when you see fitness influencers going on YouTube and going on Instagram and telling people to relax about food. And now's not the time to think about weight loss. And now's not the time to think about, you know, what you're eating and worrying about that. You know, I'm like, wow, like really, if anything, now is the time to think about what you're putting in your body and how it's affecting you and what impact it has on your immune system. Like, I, I think that's one of the things like you brought up, like I, I used to suffer from a couple, like I used to get two to three colds a year that would last at least a week. And then I also had pretty bad, I would get pretty bad seasonal allergies and my allergies are almost completely gone. Every so often I'll, I'll take a, you know, a quick, 
you know, quick, quick zap up the nose. But beyond that, like, and those are on the days when it's like telling people with allergies not to go outside, you know, but it's so rare for me to get, you know, any kind of cold now or anything those lines. And I'm not saying I, I don't necessarily say, you know, it's, it, it, oh, it's the keto magic. But I think the way I've been eating and what I've been doing, you know, working out and, and putting healthy food into my body has, I can't say that it hasn't strengthened my immune system because I, I have the evidence, like I have it and it's anecdotal to me and it's anecdotal to you. But I think we know a lot of people that would tell similar stories. And I, I think just getting, you know, and, and maybe someone's going to listen to this, you know, when the COVID, you know, panic and and lockdown and all of that has passed and we're at a different place like i just hope people that are listening you know to your story and hear my story know that regardless of what the quote-unquote crisis level is you know working on your health is never a bad thing and never something that you should you should you should stop paying attention to and it's funny i was actually having a conversation with my dietitian this morning about you know, how I've maintained despite, you know, despite gaining a little weight back, you know, when I, when I was 388, I thought, man, I'm only like, you know, 38 pounds from, you know, getting, you know, getting the skin removal surgery and just, you know, looking like a normal six foot 10 guy. You know what? I've kind of embraced the fact that my body's going to move at the speed it's going to move, you know? And I think a lot of the times, you know, anybody who's struggling with weight, what happens is they get a little bit of short-term results and then the, you know, it stops moving. And then you're like, well, what am I doing differently? What am I doing wrong? And that's when old habits creep in. And that in, in a nutshell is my story, you know, and I kind of let, I kind of let old habits, you know, come back in, you know, and just basically from there, I mean, even I'm not going to lie. Like I've struggled with, with lately with popcorn. Like when I go to the movies, I usually get a small popcorn. And so like with me not being able to go to the movies, I've had a real popcorn craving. So my dietitian and I said, we had a discussion this morning about, well, if you're going to have popcorn, instead of having popcorn, have a sweet potato. Because there's a lot more nutrients in a sweet potato and it's about the same amount of carbs, you know, and, and honestly, like I've, I showed my doctor one day and she knows, she knows basically what I used to eat. And she saw one day, she's like, you've only had 13 net carbs. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she was just, she was just dumbfounded because I've gone from someone who used to have 130 carbs for breakfast to, to basically having, you know, having that in like three days. You know, it, it, you know, if anything, that's, that's one of the things I'm most proud of is that I've been able to maintain control and maintain this lifestyle despite everything going on in the world and going on in my life. Like last year I had probably one of the biggest health scares when they found a mass on my adrenal gland. And, you know, that was one of the scary, cause they weren't sure it ended up being, you know, not cancerous, but you know, that's, that was one of the scariest moments of my life, you know, because my mom was a cancer, you know, st statistic, and I didn't want to go that way. And John, thinking about that, and, and really, your vigilance around the, you know, where 
that control and being able to maintain it in the face of, of any of these crises. What do you think are the key things that will guarantee your success going forward? Mindset, mindset, mindset. It's, it's honestly knowing that like if I go off plan for a meal, that nothing will change, that I can immediately get right back on that horse because I don't want to go back to being 600 pounds. I look at pictures of myself with like my niece and my nephews and like I immediately like I immediately get upset because you know what? I don't want them to see a person who's unhealthy and unhappy. You know, I want them to legit think of me as the happy uncle that, you know, would move heaven and earth for them. You know, I don't have kids of my own, but honestly, like that that's fine. I think that definitely makes sense, man. Like and so where, you know, it, it's hard for us to talk about it, you know, in the context of everything that's going on. But like, where, where do you think's go? Where do you think's going for going? For, where do you see things going for you next? Like, what are the next challenges that lay ahead for the Mighty Oak? Honestly, I think with me, it's just finding a balance between, uh, I call it being a keto droid, because I just, I basically like, will just focus on you know there's a happy balance between being human and being totally like keto obsessed and it's for me it's finding that balance because i love the way this lifestyle makes me feel i can you know i'm over 400 pounds and i guarantee you i can you know i i don't want to say i can match you know fitness with a crossfitter but you know (laughs) I guarantee you, you know, what I do would be equal to, you know, I should probably scale that back, but I can guarantee you I can match with, you know, match fitness levels with, you know, my, my skinny ass brother-in-law. Like I can do, you know, things like that. Who's skinny as a rail. And physically I can probably, you know, I know I'm stronger than him. I know that, you know, there's a lot of things I can do that I can probably match wits with any skinny person. So John, we've, we've gone through a a lot of the evolution of your journey and like really, you know, obviously from 600 pounds to where you're at now is pretty incredible. And what I'm just wondering is like, what do you, what do you think are the things that you would want to share with, with that 600 pound guy out there who's listening to this episode and it needs needs that little little boot in the bucket you know as as my dad would say uh to get himself going like what do you think are the things that that a person who wants to undertake because i think there's a difference you know we say this all the time but there's a difference between you know needing to lose 20 pounds and needing to lose 200 pounds if you're that person sitting there and seeing that you know not no pun you know no real pun to you intended but you're seeing a giant oak tree in your yard that you need to move you know you've got this oak tree of weight you need to you need to lose like what do you what do you think is are the things that that person needs to be thinking about and and should do to get started so i'm not gonna be the type of person that says keto 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 but do your research you know look into look into healthy lifestyles um find an accountability partner find someone who's been there before because like, you know, I, I draw strength from the keto man's club and I know we didn't really talk about it, but like 
I draw strength from that group and the connections that I've made there. I have, you know, people that I have in my life that hold me accountable, you know, and, you know, can basically tell when I backslide, you know, because it shows in my mood. It shows in kind of like, you know, it just, it just shows. Um, And then, you know, just know that there's no one fix, you know, there's no one magic pill, weight loss surgery. It works for getting the weight off, but you also have to do the work and, you know, there's no quick fix. Definitely agree, man. Definitely agree. And I do want to take a a minute before we even get to, to thinking about wrapping anything up, like, to talk about the keto man's club, because I think any yep. dude out there who's listening, not everyone listening is, is a keto person. You know, I've, I've got a lot of, a lot of people that have had the sleeve done that listen or are looking at surgery or weight watchers or all the different diets that are out there, calories in calories out, if it fits your macros, <laughs> whatever. But if someone yep. is out there in the keto sphere, like especially men, obviously, because it is the keto man's club and that is a requirement, you know, to, yep. to be a man. Sorry to all the women who are listening. Cause I know there's a lot of you listening too. And I do think the Keto Women's Club needs to start because there's a lot of like toxic keto groups out there on Facebook oh. and they need a they need a space themselves. But Don't the keto man's club is on the beginners. Oh group. yeah. Oh my like, lord. Well oh, yeah, wow. I mean let's yeah, like let's let's talk about you're gonna get yourself attacked or banned almost immediately if you <laughs> if you if you say anything rational in a lot of those groups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I like to characterize a lot of those Facebook groups as being places that people are just having a really bad day. And they're waiting for someone to take it out on. And they just oh, yeah. wait, for, wait for someone to be like, I bought a bang at my convenience store the other day. Was that okay? <laughs> You're going to die. You are literally going to You're die. You're knocking yourself into ketosis. Yeah. Do you know what you're – have you peed on a piece of paper lately? Like, so the Keto Man's Club is, is though, is almost in some ways, you know – it's a place where, you know, I, sometimes I say it's a safe haven and some place, some, but what I think it really more is it's a, it's a place of accountability and straight talk with each other where I, one of the things I like seeing is when people disagree and can just respectfully have great discussions about disagreeing. Because like I said, we all keto differently at, at times and knowing oh, yeah. that we can say, well, this is why I do this and this is why I do that. And no one gets into, well, your way is wrong and your way is wrong and my way is right. No. Like, how do you... What, give your elevator speech why someone should check out the Keto Man's Club. It's a brotherhood without, well, it's a, it's, it's a brotherhood without, you know, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Without the uh, silly, you know, entrance, oh, what do they call it? It's, it's a brotherhood without like having the pledge or, you know, give up your a body part. It's, it's honestly, it's the easiest, it's the easiest group of guys. I joined two days after I started keto and honestly, I probably shouldn't have been accepted, but they accepted me and they dealt with my stupid questions and all my, look what I did, you know, fitness wise. And you'd have Alberto cardio is lame <laughs> in, in no certain terms, you know? So it's, it's honestly one of the best things I did. And the friendships I've formed, I got you, I have Alberto, I have, you know, Chris Duckett, Jim Inman, you know, you know, all, all the guys there that like, 
I know if I don't post in a while, they're like, where you been? What's going on? You know? And, and honestly, that's one of the greatest things that if anything is something that you need when you're, when you're trying to change that mindset to be successful on any diet. I, I definitely agree, man. And, and I will say, uh, Chris, Alberto, Jim, they would, and the other moderators would probably, you know, yell at both of us if we don't mention if you apply to join the Keto Man's Club. Oh, yeah. Answer yeah, the yeah. questions. Yes. Answer the questions. Answer the questions, especially the don't blow off the questions. group. Yeah. Yeah. Don't oh. do not, you know, the beginners group, the questions are really easy. You know, yeah. the, the, the Keto Man's Club, because just so people know, the Keto Man's Club, there, there's two groups. We've talked about this before, but in case you, this is your first episode, you know, and if you're you are a new keto person, um, there's the, the TKMC, the Keto Man's Club Beginners Group, which is people that are just getting started on keto. And then there's the Keto Man's Club, which is almost like sophomore <laughs> year and beyond. Like you have to have a rudimentary yeah. understanding and practice of keto because it's not it's not a beginners group. There is a beginners group, but the Keto Man's Club isn't a beginners group. But to be honest and, with you, it's better than any group you will join that is a beginners group, especially. Oh, yeah, like, Oh, yeah. we, we, we touched on it earlier, but the judgment and the scathing, you know, like, re, re, you know, report that comes from like those groups when you join, if anything, like I was telling a coworker who started keto and was going through the keto flu yesterday. And I, I gladly gave her some of my electrolyte powder and said, here, take this. And oh, by the way, salt, 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 you know, <laughs> And and I told her, I'm like, if you join groups, be mindful of what you join because they are they are rude and they're very judgy. So Oh, it's vicious. It's vicious. Mm -hmm. It's even the groups that you wouldn't think you would be vicious, there there's there's a lot of viciousness in them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, and, it's... and by all means, throw throw any hate mail to the mighty oak 77 at gmail.com i don't i don't care like send your send your you know your hate mail you know so <laughs> and john well that that's actually a great transition because i know that you have you have ribs on the smoker that you're going to need to deal with soon oh yeah how yeah. can how can i've really appreciated your time today man but tell us how can people find you if they want to connect with you um i can you can find me on twitter instagram um the mighty oak seven seven at gmail or not gmail um on instagram the mighty oak seven seven um facebook john w oaks or you can find me in the keto man's club and the keto man's club beginner group or you can just send me an email you know honestly that's the easiest way to to get a hold of me is just emailing me there we go well yep. john, you, I... no go ahead or if you go to a Shinedown and Alter Bridge concert in my area and you see a really tall person up front, <laughs> you know it's me. Well, I was going to say, like, really, all you need to do if you want to actually physically find John is, you know, hit anywhere between Rochester and Buffalo and look for someone that's 6'10". You know, look, <laughs> look, for the look for the really tall guy. And there's a good chance yeah. if he doesn't, if it isn't John, tall guys tend to, you know, we, it's the same thing with big guys. You tend to know each other. Someone yeah. will know where he is. Someone will know where yeah. he is if you want to find him. <laughs> so, John, I end every episode with with a, a run through of five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Quick okay. questions, quick answers. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go, John. Question number one. Living or dead, tell us who is your favorite fat guy. 
Uh, Fat Albert. Well, he's, yeah. I'm, well, actually, no. Shoot. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> it's set in stone already, man. It's too late. It's out oh, okay. there. You know, it's already <laughs> out there. Uh, question number two. John, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Uh, don't sit on a plastic chair. Well, that's that's a fantastic lesson. That's one you need to you you need to we all worry about and think about. Um, John, John, question number three: What is one piece of advice that you would give to your past self? Uh, stay away from Duncan. Mm, that's I. I feel that deep. I feel that very, very deep. When yep. you mentioned your bre- when you mentioned your breakfast run, I was like, I, I used to go to McDonald's before I got on the highway and then hit Duncan when I got off the highway on my way to work yep. in the morning. That, that was yep. my routine, but oh, I can't even. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have dreams about Boston Cream Donuts tonight, man. Uh, so I'll have, <laughs> I'll have you to blame about that. Question number four, John, tell us, what is something you love about yourself? I love that I am a ever-growing interpersonal being. I like it. I, I like it, man. I, no, I think it, I, I, it speaks for it, and I think it speaks to the journey that you've been on, man. So I think that makes a yep. lot of sense. And question number five, your last question today, John. Tell us one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related. To go to Disney World at least two or three times. Well, you, you know, personally, I'm going to love that one, man. I can't, I, <laughs> I, 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 I call, I, I called my sister the other day and I'm like, my, my TV's broken. And she's like, why? I'm like, because all it plays is Disney parades on YouTube. So all I, all I seem to be watching lately. So I, I, I get that feeling, man. So yep. I, I have, I have no doubt you'll make that goal happen. John, I just really want to say a big thank you so much for coming on the show today and taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, no problem, man. Glad to do it. Thank you. And everyone out there, if you feel like you want to connect with me for some reason, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes keto on Twitter at Gourmet goes keto, no underscores or anything. And you can also email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. And Hey, remember my friends go out there and do something to amaze yourselves today because you are amazing people. And then you get to come back and catch the next episode of the fat guy forum.